0: it's an awful lot going on around COVID-19 and of course the impact on the economy locally, um, on businesses how they've had to learn to function, trying to reopen again and a lot of reopening um, happening in the recent past and wondering what the rest of the year is going to look like not to mind what 2021 is going to look like. Uh, Limerick Chamber have been a voice uh, for business in the Limerick region um, uh, throughout all of this and their President David. David Jeffreys uh, is on the line right now. Uh, morning to you, David. Hi, good morning. So, how are you? I'm well, thank you. So we have two ministers of state announced uh, for uh, Limerick in the sense of the county Limerick constituency um, uh, over the last couple of days. We know we did not get anywhere in the Midwest a senior minister. We also know that Willie O'Dea has described it as insulting to the people of Limerick City that there was no senior cabinet minister or junior uh, minister uh, for that constituency. What are your thoughts on all of that?
1: I think, look, I mean, uh, you know, as as a citizen of of the region here, having lived in the area for more than 20 years, um, I think it's usually disheartening and disappointing that uh, the third largest city in the country um, is now facing a situation where we're, we're totally overlooked. For the for the region, um, but I mean, right now, where we're looking at, I think we we look out our front door into the city, and I think it's it's not a place where necessarily people want to live uh, or work. Um, and certainly, we're seeing uh, shops closing on a, a, a frequent basis, and and we have business under more pressure now due to COVID. So, I I have my, my, I've grave concerns for the businesses of Limerick and I think in terms of COVID, the, the worst is ahead of us. You know, and the fact that you know, when we come back down to the lack of of senior uh, representation at cabinet, cabinet. I think that's the area that we, we need to to zone in on. How do we write that wrong? Um, and it, it, while I'm fully supportive of Patrick McDonough and Niall and Collins uh, uh, getting junior ministries, I think congratulations to the guys. It's going to put a lot of pressure and expectation on the two, from a county perspective, to make sure the city is, is, is looked after here and they're going to have to stand
0: up and fight for us you know. Right, um, we're chatting to David Jeffries who's the President of Limerick Chamber and uh, David I know you're very committed to uh, Limerick, uh, you're a prominent business person yourself, um, you mentioned um, about um, the city and uh, we know for example in very recent times the city centre alone has seen the closure of Debenhams, of Mother Care on Cruises Street, uh, followed swiftly by uh, the Argos branch on Cruises Street, uh, there's been a lot of controversy over pedestrianisation. It's been sparked off again on social media over the last 24 hours with the um, street animation and um, the, particularly the spoons and forks that are on poles on um, Thomas Street. Um, and now you are saying as president of Limerick Chamber, quote, you have grave concerns about the future mm. of the city and not a place that people want to live or work.
1: I think, I think this is it. We want to attract people to our city. We want a vibrant city for all people, um, for all citizens. It isn't just about businesses. And when you look at the business and, and the, the focus of the chamber, it's represent all businesses. You know, that's the multinationals, it's the medium-sized organisations, SMEs, retailers, the hospitality industry, hoteliers, restaurants, publicans, and the traders. Um, we all live and um in the area, we all have high aspirations um, for the city and we all need to make sure that we're aligned, get all the stakeholders aligned, that we're actually trying to develop a city centre that works for all of us. So that when uh, the IDA look to bring a, a, an organisation to visit Limerick, that they see a city that's thriving, that's vibrant, that they want to set up in, that they can see that the city will attract uh, the attention of people that would like to move to Limerick. And I, ju- I just, coming back down to the, the lack of representation nationally, it just flies in the face of what we're trying to achieve locally and we are what we are locally, I think because of the efforts of local people um, and we need to keep keep driving that, that message on.
0: And why do you think we can't gain the traction nationally
1: um, that you would want to see, David? To be honest, beggars belief. you know. Um, I think the city as well, we might be between two stools, so to speak, because Zimlerc was the, the one city out of the three that actually voted to appoint the directory Directly elected mayor. I think this is a huge step forward. It's a huge opportunity for us, but there's also some huge risks involved in this. Um, you know, when you look at the potential for the di- directly elected mayor to to drive on um, an agenda uh, on behalf of the people to deliver on these visions, um, it puts us in a very positive place. But the concerns that I have over this is, is notwithstanding the COVID crisis, um, if there's any uncertainty at all or lack of clarity around the. The responsibilities of that role and the division of responsibilities between this uh, role of the directly elected mayor, the local council, the executive in the council and central governments, what that will mean for the city is more delays. And we've been a city over the last uh, 10 years. We've been superb at planning. We've been very successful at getting support for the Opera Centre. We have massive plans for the city centre. But right now, you know, we've actually achieved very little from a city centre perspective. And 10 years plus have gone past, and you only need to look on the periphery of the city where we have some fabulous developments out in Passy, out on uh, the Valley uh, the, uh, Simon Road, there with Northern Trust. We have the new buildings out by the airport that, that Jaguar Land Rover are occupying. Um, and you've got Regeneron who put a billion into uh, a factory out in Rahim. And in all that time, in that 10 years, in Emmerich, I, I guess I feel that we've, we've really achieved very little on the surface of things. In a way, it's like an iceberg, though. There's great plans ahead, but these plans are for buildings. Um, and buildings don't necessarily make a city. It's actually it's all aspects of, of, yeah. of the infrastructure, um, the people, and, and, and the businesses that live and work here.
0: But what did you make, then, of the often bitter uh, pedestrianisation controversy of recent weeks?
1: Look, it's very disappointing that, um, these, uh, that a group of, of retailers and traders who have grave concerns for their own businesses they feel left behind by a process. You know, I, I think the process was naturally going to be accelerated due to the nature of the, the need to respond to COVID and to try to facilitate people to maintain two-metre two, two social distancing. So I do understand the, the, the frustrations that these these uh, people have. And you know what? That's that's right. I mean, they have a voice. They're allowed to use it. I just think that the city um, is something that it's it's not just about traders and just about retailers. on this Joe because you know there's no point us getting into the trenches and, and digging in our positions on this. The decisions have been made and now it's a case of let's make the most of what we can and look to the future here. And that's yeah. why it's important that we We work with our local representatives and and authorities and Mm -hmm. we build a city that's right for all of us. And
0: uh, as you point out, in the absence of um, a senior cabinet minister for Limerick um, and uh, this controversy that's now erupted over the two ministers of state being in the neighbouring county Limerick constituency Mm -hmm. rather than Limerick City, which clearly Willie O'Dea is furious about, to take one example. Um, You mentioned the directly elected mayor uh, due uh, in May of next year. How important is it, that we have a top-class range of candidates for that role? And what is the key thing that the directly elected mayor of Limerick will need to do?
1: Yeah, that's a very great, very good question. And uh, I was actually part of a consultation with uh, Tim O'Connor yesterday um, uh, with the Chamber in terms of um, looking for feedback from the, the Limerick Chamber on that and it was an opportunity for us to raise questions and you know there will be a, a report published and, and and submitted by uh, uh tim to uh, government to, for that to to progress you know and one of the key areas that we discussed is the need for this role um, to be very well defined because you know i guess what we want as a city is for this role to work if this if this if this responsibility the role and responsibilities of this individual, the candidate, the skills, the experience this person needs to bring to fore. If we get that wrong and we end up with a candidate with lack of experience in certain areas, what will end up happening is that it will stagnate uh, what could be a a very uh, great opportunity for the city to move forward, take a leap forward, and set set an example for the rest of the, the cities in the country to follow. So the concern here is that if there's any lack of clarity over the definition of that role and the responsibilities, um, we will end up in a situation where uh, decision-making gets delayed and we're all sitting by watching a city that's uh, sliding further down the the, uh, the abyss, you know, and that's that, that's the concern that we but, have. But the, so rea- the reality a, is, though,
0: a, you're going to have bit. an election here and the, an election, you know, is the voice of the people. Absolutely. Um, and this is, actually will be an election across Limerick City and County to go back to the point yeah. that we were making uh, earlier. Um, and ultimately... Um, the people will decide. And, you know, is there not I like every so. chance that we will have uh, a couple of very high-profile candidates in the field, uh, some of whom have backgrounds uh, that, you know, give them profile, but aren't necessarily what you feel they need from a skill set point of view, and they'll end up being elected?
1: Yeah, I think I think there's, there's two points. Just to close on my last point there, is that direct, directly elected mayor, what we need is that individual to have the absolute mandate but also to have money. It's mandate and money is what they need, so they can actually deliver on any plans and visions for the city for the future. The second point, coming back to what you're saying, is in terms of the the the, the role being elected by the people. I mean, I think it's fabulous. It's a great opportunity. But we we have to understand that this is not uh, the typical role. We're not electing a councillor. We're not electing somebody to the doll. We're actually electing somebody who needs experience in, in areas across organisational structure, culture, finance, planning. Um, and they also have to have some element of a, a political capability to navigate the, the um, I suppose, the the world that we live in. Um, yeah, but they sure have sure to be
0: able to win age. votes. This is the point, you know. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And the reality is they have to win um, votes uh, on, I assume it'll be a first-past-the-post because it's only one one job. Um, system, and, and you know, a lot of the time in Ireland, the reality is it is people of profile, maybe not yeah. of, with the skill sets that you're talking about, who get elected.
1: Look, I mean, you're absolutely right, and I think that's where the biggest concern is because if we, if we, as the people of might get this wrong, you know, we would be electing somebody who we feel as a politician that we like, that might be, uh, you know, someone that, that we can relate to but ultimately this person ha- also has to be a doer you know i'm not saying politicians aren't doers but it's a case of that there is a, a, a high level of i suppose um, expectation that things will get done by this person as well so so i do think there's an education required um out there um before we can even go to an election to say well what is the shape of this role? What should we as a people be looking for in a candidate? And we should have debates over that and we make up our mind from an educated perspective. Um, That's all I would ask. You know, if I had my way, to be honest, being controversial about this, I would love to see the the, the role and responsibilities well documented and that uh, there would be uh, uh, some mechanism by which we could actually um, identify a list of candidates that would be appropriate for this. And then as a people, we would choose from a, a list of qualified... Best to look at
0: that, David. Best to look at that. I know, I <laughs> you know. You want, stop one dream, with, <laughs> one can dream, Joe. <laughs> with, with, with political parties and, and the opportunity oh, for sure independence to run. Are you joking? But anyway, I understand I where you're coming from. I understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah. I, and I will say, you know, we made a big effort in the world that existed before COVID and in the run-up yeah. to the plebiscite to tease out all of the issues and actually of the places uh, where there were, there was a, a, a decision on this, um, a local referendum, Limerick was the only one to vote for it, um, and we'll see what happens. And we're happy to tease all that out again. One yeah. other question for you, sure. And, and I suppose it's the fundamental point here with all of the concerns that are out there, with the huge pressure of COVID nineteen affecting our lives in every possible way, including the business community.
1: Yeah.
0: We have a 2030 plan. The 2030 plan was unveiled in 2013. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not far from halfway through it, and the question is, will by 2030 you and I be having pretty much the same conversation about your grave concerns for Limerick City that we're having this morning.
1: Yeah, look, I, I like I'm I'm an optimist, I'm an internal optimist here. And I think we have to. It's all about action, you know. Our business, uh, our own business is well, action. Point and action is a key word in that because we want to see things happen and things get done nice right? So it's something that's close to my heart, um, and I think this is why you know there's an importance here of us having representation at the national level, so that when we do have our directly elected mayor that they have the full support of uh, central government to make this role a success and to, to remove any roadblocks that will be there because if there's any ambiguity in responsibilities here, that will lead to delays and not only our 2030 plan will be out the window and we'll be looking at 2030 plan, you know, yeah. that's it. A- or
0: I, we can't, I, really I, mean, I mean, the truth is, we, we cannot. We, can't, well, we can't afford it. Is the reality. No, no, we cannot no. afford to be looking you know, for another um, big, long, involved, yeah. fifteen to twenty-year plan after this yeah. one. And this is twenty twenty and it's been a yeah. remarkable year in so many ways but ultimately we still have to look to the future. Alright, the President of Limerick Chamber and of course MD of Action Point Technology here in Limerick David Jeffries. Great to chat to you David and we look forward to doing that as you continue in uh, your role as President of the Chamber this year. Call Limerick Today Now
1: on 46